what I was told beforehand is Prince doesn't want to have you to have any ideas. He just wants to show up and see what happens. Photographer Randy St. Nicholas first met Prince in 1991. She had no idea what to expect when she met him. But she does recall his first words to her. And he walked up the stairs and he looked at me and he said, Hi, I'm Prince. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> and I said, Really? <laughs> As if you would mistake him for someone else. They were scheduled to do a photo shoot together, their first one together, and Randy was very nervous. I love shooting, so it's kind of where I lose myself, so I never feel that way. But for him, I was a little bit nervous because the mystique of him is he may not talk to you. He might <laughs> leave before you get his, ever take his picture. She had to find a way to, you know, lock in with Prince, get on the same page with him very quickly. To do that, she set the mood with a simple mixtape. Jimi Hendrix was the first music on the tape. Which Jimi Hendrix song? I think it was The Watchtower. And I was in the zone. Huh. I kind of got all these plants and just put some fans on them so it looked like it was part of the studio environment, and I told him to stand in the center. And that first picture is the first picture I ever took of him. He looked directly at me. The rest of the day was just some kind of magic. I was in some kind of other world. Randy ended up shooting Prince that day for almost five hours. I mean, it was like we'd worked together for years already. It was so comfortable, and he was such an incredible being that you feel like at the same time you're looking at him, uh -huh. he's looking at you. And I know everyone that's ever had that kind of connection with mm. him feels exactly the same as I do. Uh. He sees you. You are listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. On this episode of the show, more stories like that one. We talked to Prince's photographer, Randy St. Nicholas. She caught Prince at his highest, from sold-out shows around the world to his most vulnerable, late at night in hotel rooms, to his sexiest, like directing a music video in 1991 for the extremely provocative Prince song, Get Off. Randy has published photos of a lot of these moments in a new book called My Name is Prince. All right, let's get to some more stories behind those pictures right now. But first, if you're wondering whether Prince liked that music that Randy chose for that first photo shoot together. When he went to leave, he looked back at me when he was walking away and he said, by the way, great music. More after the break. Uh, heads up, when we come back, there will be a discussion of sex and suggestive lyrics around that Prince song I mentioned earlier, Get Off. All right, be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Did you know that Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year? Plus, it's automatic, and there's no limit to how much you can earn or how much they'll match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched like rain falling from the sky. Cash back match only from Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash match. What does it take to start something from nothing? And what does it take to actually build it? I'm Guy Raz. Every week on How I Built This, I speak with founders behind some of the most inspiring companies in the world. NPR's How I Built This. Listen now. I read that there was one particular photo of Prince that you shared with L.A. Reid after Prince's death that was the inspiration for this book. Yep. What's that photo? 
It's a photo uh, in the burnt-out building of him sitting at a piano. You can't just say that and not tell the story. (laughs) How did you and Prince and a big old black piano end up in a burnt-out building? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I was driving down Beverly Boulevard in Hollywood one morning. I want to say maybe like 93 or something like that. And so you're driving through West L.A. I'm driving down the street, and I come to a stoplight, and I look over, and I see this building has smoke kind of wafting off of the rafters. Okay, so you see a building on fire and say, yeah. art. <laughs> and I and I look at it, and as soon as the light changes, I just turn and drive down the street and park my car and got out and walked in. Okay. And there were no flames. There was just like this smoke, and it sort of, I thought to myself, wow, it must have been on fire last night, or the fireman must have just left. Mm-hmm. And as I was there, I had one of those first cell phones, and it rang in my bag and Mm -hmm. I opened up the phone and it's Prince and he goes Randy (laughs) hi it's me (laughs) right I know who it is yeah I know (laughs) he goes what are you doing and I go well I just saw this building I think was just on fire and it's got smoke coming from the rafters and It'd be so great to shoot you with a baby grand piano here. Okay, 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 okay. That <laughs> jump. Yeah. I see a lot of burnt out buildings. I have seen a lot of them in my day. <laughs> I never think something like that. You might now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what What about the space and the way it looked and felt made you say, oh, this needs to be a Prince photo shoot? Because it was just an incredible building. like, And you could see the sky and the smoke was still there. And it had all these beams everywhere and the, the way the light came in and... And he goes, all right, call Studio Instrument Reynolds, get a piano over there, and I'll meet you there in about an hour. He shows up. He shows up. What Thank happens? goodness late, because think <laughs> yeah. about it. You I had, had to, to get up. the cameras, get an assistant over there. And so I got it all together, and he, the way he is in the picture is how he came walking in. He let's just, look at them, because you have them. What page are they on? Yes. Um, let's see. Burned Out Building, page 104. Oh, my God. I looked at this earlier, but seen it again. It's like, there's this one shot you have. He's wearing that Prince outfit with the lacy Seinfeld blouse. Yeah. And he's at this big old baby grand piano. Yeah. What was the first song he played on the piano in the burnt-out building? He played just some kind of classical jazz that I've never heard. He might have been composing something. I don't know. But it was this kind of haunting music that just echoed through the building. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Did he ever play any of his songs at the piano there? No. Really? Nope. And he didn't sing. He didn't sing? Mm -mm. He just sat down and played this amazing music. The experience was kind of haunting, and it was emotional, and it was really introspective. Mm. And the music he was playing was just really beautiful and kind of ethereal. I want to find this building now and see what happened to it. So I went back the next night thinking uh-huh. this will be an incredible night landscape. It was a full moon. Uh-huh. And I thought I would love to just shoot this building by itself mm-hmm. at night. And it was completely boarded up, no way Stop. to get in, Stop. gone. So had you not done it that day? Had we not done it that day? Had I not been there that moment after the fireman had left where I could sneak in and shoot it? And, you know... That's the story of Prince. 
you can hang and be spontaneous and show up wherever and mm-hmm. whenever with some kind of inspiration, mm-hmm. there are these moments that can never be duplicated. Hearing you talk about how good he was at being photographed and how game he was to do it, I've also read that he never allowed people to actually have pictures of himself or photos of himself. Yeah. Why? I I mean, the same reason he didn't like to have his music played on all the new ways that Mm. people play music these days. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that people that are powerful and charismatic like that are control freaks, but it really wasn't about that. Mm. I mean, Prince lived his music. I mean, this was him. Mm-hmm. This is who he was. And so I think it was private to him in some ways. Mm. And it became public when he decided to play live, mm-hmm. when he made albums. Mm-hmm. That was his way of sharing it with the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. I think he wanted to the respect from everyone of being able to decide when that would be. I miss him so much. Oh, my goodness. I want to talk about a song of Prince's for which you directed the music video. Anjali, we're going to pull this up. It's a a little ditty called Get Off. (laughs) I want to pull it up, play it a bit, and have you talk me through that whole experience because it seemed like it was a riot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this song... This was like raunchy Prince. It was raunchy. And you directed the video for it? How raunchtastic was that video shoot? Well, it was my first video I ever directed. Oh, okay, okay. He literally forced me to do it, even when I said, I don't think I want to be a director. He Mm -hmm. said, yes, you do. Oh, (laughs) okay. In the beginning, he says, it's a song. I want you to direct this video. It's Mm -hmm. a song called Get Off. All I want to do is wrong. Get off. And he said, someone from the record company is going to call you Mm -hmm. and put it all together. And I said, okay. So the person from the record company called me and said, there is no way we are doing a music video for this song. We're not putting the song out. So I'm just telling you right now. Wow. And I said, okay, thank you. And I hung up. And Uh like 20 minutes later, Prince calls me, goes, so how'd your conversation go? I said, well, here's what he said. (laughs) <laughs> and I told him, and he said, I'll call you right back in five. So in five minutes, the same person from the record company called me back and said, correction, we are going forward with that song, <laughs> and we are doing the music video. Yeah. Prince had this idea um, based on the movie Caligula, okay. which is a movie, I don't know if you've seen it, set in Roman times, Okay. and it's all about a group of people's sexuality, let's say. Okay. It's... Pretty avant-garde okay. and ahead of its time. Uh-huh. The set was the <laughs> many floors of all these different rooms with people having sex, people making out, people drinking wine, people eating grapes, and it was like uh, a bacchanal. Yes. Okay. Very much. And when I got there, I walked into Paisley Park. I'd never been there before. Uh-huh. And all these people came running up to me, extras saying, "We'll get naked on set. <gasps> we'll." Have sex on set if you want. We'll ha- make out with people of our same sex. What had he coached like? them to be doing on this set? Well, for <laughs> I was just, I go to myself, I'm a <laughs> f- legitimate photographer. Yeah. Am I 
Am I making a porn film? Am I in Hollywood? I mean, I'm in Minnesota. I just didn't expect it to be yeah. this... Um, Raunchy. F- well, free. Yeah, I looked that's at the word it. for it. Prince, he would sort of have an outline of what he wanted. Mm-hmm. We'd talk about it a bit. Mm-hmm. But then he sort of just gave you the freedom. And he was so great at being spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Was there any stuff where you were like... Stop that. I will not photograph it. I will not record that. Stop. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I figured I'm there. I'm going for it. <laughs> okay. Were you pleased with the video? Yeah. I mean, the video when I left Paisley mm-hmm. was different than the video that actually aired because he kept working on it after I left. Okay. See, I didn't know this about him then, uh-huh. but he would always try to make little tweaks and changes without me on some of the projects. Uh-oh. Were Couple- you okay with that? Um. No, because I felt <laughs> that he once told me that I was going to be the person who was going to change how he was perceived visually. Hmm. And I never felt that his visuals lived up to his music. Hmm. Not that any visuals could really live up to his music. Yeah. But I felt like his visuals could have more depth and more of him Yeah. after I knew him, yeah. the him that I knew. Yeah. And so I... I was never happy when he made changes to mm-hmm. the projects we worked on without me. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, he would call me to fix them in the end anyway. Okay. Because <laughs> so, of the changes he made, he couldn't finish them himself. Well, because he said, oh, they didn't match the lighting that you did or something's wrong with the color. Mm-hmm. Can you fix them? And so, Bring in the pros. So, you know, we, we would eventually come around to meet in the middle. <laughs> All right, one final break here. When we come back, Randy tells me about the time Prince played at Coachella and shocked the audience into silence with the cover song that he loves. All right, be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp, the online counseling service dedicated to connecting you with a licensed counselor to help you overcome whatever stands in the way of your happiness. Fill out a questionnaire and get matched with a professional tailored to your needs. And if you aren't satisfied with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time free of charge. Visit BetterHelp.com minute to get 10% off your first month. Get the help you deserve with BetterHelp. Many of us have imaginary friends as children. But for some of us, these invisible companions don't go away. She was as real to me as my friend next to me. This week on Hidden Brain from NPR. You're an artist working with another artist. You both have visions. You both are good at your jobs. How do you make peace with an end result of a thing that you were a big part of not being exactly what you wanted? You let it go because there's other projects to do. And also, I sometimes think that when someone else collaborates with us, our mm-hmm. vision can become better because mm-hmm. we get stuck in our own ways. And I think this is one of the things I learned from Prince so much is one, to be able to let go and just kind of flow with whatever was happening at the moment, even if I'm a perfectionist. Obviously, I'm a photographer. Oh, yeah. So lighting is hugely important to me in composition. But when you're working with a lot of artists, things change all the time. and. Yeah. They are not standing where you want them to stand, mm-hmm. especially if you're directing live action. They're moving all they're over moving, the place. So, and, and I would really 
when, whenever I'd shoot him live, mm-hmm. I wished I could just tell him to hold still for a second so I could get the exact picture. You know, I mean, that's sort yeah. of... <laughs> no one tells Prince to hold still, no. though. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't really tell Prince what to do. You don't, He doesn't need direction. Mm. But what I would try to do was, whatever he was going to do, make it better and capture it in the light he call, He used to call my light the light we deserve. Mm. So I would try to capture it in the light he deserved. He deserved. Show me the... F- Tell me the page in this book that has a photo that best shows the light he deserved. Many. <laughs> Pick one out and let's talk about it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they're all Pick good. Pick one out. They're all good. Oh, this one's good. Which one? This one. Oh, yeah. Where is that? That's in the Dorchester Hotel in London. Describe it for our listeners that can't see it. It's Prince coming down a really spectacular curved staircase. And that was his own staircase that Um. led to his own room, Mm. which was the Sultan of Brunei's suite at the top of the Dorchester Hotel in London. Wow. And like he is so visually, he's stunning. He's wearing this epic little pea coat and he's got this faint goatee. There's a chandelier beside him, but his hair slicked back. Mm -hmm. You rarely see him like that. Never. That's the only time I've ever seen him like that. And I shot a few pictures that night with his hair like that. Why do you think he was doing that look? I love it. I mean, why was he doing any of the looks? <laughs> think about it. This is like a basically a hair book. If you start yeah. from the beginning <laughs> yes, to end, yes. you see the many yeah. the many hairs yeah. of Mr. P. What was he like that night in this, in this shoot at this hotel going down the staircase of this fancy suite? What, go back to that night, if you can recall it. Well, in in London in general, he was very kind of quiet during that. Maybe it's because he performed 21 nights in a row mm. for maybe four hours a night. And mm-hmm. then every night afterwards, we'd do an after show for three oh maybe hours. Goodness. So maybe that's why he was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I can <laughs> um, see that. But that particular night was one of the many nights where we would shoot from, let's say he did all those shows. He'd get back to the hotel maybe at like three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then we would shoot until 9 or 10 in the morning stills. Wow. Yeah, and we did that pretty really? much every single night. Would you still play music during those shoots? No, in, we would because we'd be shooting around the hotel when everybody else was asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, no, we were like tiptoe, like little elves. <laughs> really? If you could play music for this shoot where he's coming down this regal staircase with his hair slicked back, what print song would you play for that moment? Maybe, like, because there was another shot that I did at a piano Mm -hmm. that was Elton John's piano that he gave to them. Wow. Maybe it would be something more like Purple Rain. I like that. I mean, it's always a good time to play Purple Rain. (laughs) Always a good time. Well, because it, again, it was that night was really, really intimate. Mm. The pictures were really, had a certain kind of mood to them, as Mm. you can see. Yeah. He leaned on the piano and he played. And the piano was in this very small room at the back of the Dorchester Hotel. And a lot of people don't even think, no, the room is there. And Elton Mm. John donated this beautiful piano that was made out of cut mirrors. Mm. And he was particularly quiet that night. Mm. Can you recall what he played there at the piano? I'm, I'm like seeing him now leaning over this mirrored piano looking at himself in the piano. It's beautiful. (laughs) A lot of times he wouldn't play his music. Mm. 
What do you think that was about? And it, maybe it was his music that he was just writing. Yeah. But he he would just play music and not... He never was one to really just sit down and sing and play music, in my presence anyway. Mm. I mean, he did that at home when he'd have little... Sometimes late at night, you'd get an invitation to go to his house at like one or two in the morning. Stop. And there'd be maybe like 10 people there. Stop. And he'd play music all night and play Stop. some of his songs and he'd play Sly and he'd play... Radiohead and all kinds I've heard of... that he loved to cover Radiohead's Creep. He did it at Coachella. It was mind-blowing. And that Coachella crowd uh-huh. is the perfect crowd for a song like that because there was so much alternative music uh-huh. at the same time. Uh-huh. They ate that up. I was shooting, um, standing on my little apple boxes in the middle of 60,000 people. So you were at the Coachella set? Yeah. There's a whole section on Coachella, pictures that had never been seen before that are in the book. And when he played that song, everyone went silent. Uh. There were 60,000 people there. Uh. Because I think they were just blown away. That he was doing that. That he was doing that song. So at Coachella that night, you write that... He played past his time. Mm-hmm. He did a bunch of encores, and he was about to get fined like $100,000 because they got to shut that stuff down at a certain hour. Yeah. What was that like? He just blows past the post? He got there when he got there. He played as long as he wanted to. Uh. And, you know, being backstage with the promoters and people who were very nervous and thinking about money, <laughs> when Prince hadn't shown up yet, his private plane hadn't gotten there, mm. They were pacing around back there, and they were really nervous, and everyone's like, is he going to show up? When's he going to show up? Mm. Once he was on stage, I think they were so mesmerized by his music and everything. It's like a Pied Piper. Yeah. Everything else fades away. Yeah, everything fades away. I don't know if they ever find him. He went past the I'm deadline. Sure did. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know about those things. He I mean, does he even believe in time? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. And so, but I... I don't, so I don't know if they ever find him or not. I don't know whatever happened, but everyone seemed euphoric. Really? Back there while he was performing. So, you know. What do you, so you've got this book of photos. You've spent so much time with this man. You've told me some stories just now that kind of give me a peek into his world. But I think my last question for you is like, you know, for fans like me and for other folks here in the show who feel as if we've known Prince for decades now because he's been in our consciousness but don't really know him. What is one thing you know about Prince from your time with him that we should know about him too that we don't know already? He had this ability to be deadpan Mm. and just say the most remarkable things. And then wait to see everybody's reaction. I mean, his humor kind of led him through his life. And I think it's an important thing to know about him because everyone feels that he's this dark, mysterious character, and he is. Mm. But he was also incredibly light, funny, warm. Mm. He mentored so many other artists. Mm. Artists that we're still listening to today. Yes. He mentored Janelle Monet. Didn't he co-sign Lizzo before she really blew up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of these artists that are in our consciousness, he he stand Beyonce for years. Like he he had he had his finger on the pulse up until the end. Yeah, he really did. And I think that he honored talent. Mm. And I think a lot of people think when you become an artist like that, where mm-hmm. you're adored by the world, 
that you're not conscious of other people, that mm. it becomes a very self-centered world. But he actually was the opposite of that. He really honored and mentored talent. And it's something that he did up until the very end of his life. I love it. To close, what's your favorite Prince song? <laughs> There's a song that he did years ago that he wrote, and a girl named Martika did it, and it's called Love Thy Will Be Done. What do you think this song is saying to us? <laughs> Don't ask me that. <laughs> Why not? I wouldn't even begin to try to interpret <laughs> Prince's lyrics, but I feel like one of the things I love about this song is you feel his sensitivity in a completely different way, in mm. a quiet way. Mm. Well, you remember him quiet, rambunctious, loud. How do you remember him? When you th- like, What is the image that comes up in your mind the most when you think of him now? I think of him laughing at me <laughs> all the time. Because <laughs> he used to roll his eyes just like, oh my goodness, Randy, what next? Now what are you doing? <laughs> now what are you making me do? Yeah. So I, I remember a very joyful side of him. I love that. And I love that you shared that with us, um, this book full of photographs. I love it. I miss him so much. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this. Thank you. Thanks again to photographer Randy St. Nicholas. You can see a few of the photos that we talk about from her book, which is called My Name is Prince. Those photos are on our website at npr.org. The book is out now wherever you get your books. This episode was produced by Anjali Sastry and edited by Kitty Isley. Listeners, back in your feeds Friday for our weekly wrap. Uh, as we depart now, I'm going to share my print story with you all. The time I went to a super secret surprise print show and got kicked out. Here's that story. Talk to you soon. It was probably five or six years ago, and he was doing a few little pop-up shows. And, like, he'd announce them the day before, and tickets would go out, and you could go. And he was doing one, I want to say, at the Palladium mm-hmm. downtown. And one of my colleagues, through some of his contacts, got two tickets, but he couldn't go. So he ended up giving them to me and another colleague, my good friend and colleague, Shereen Miraji, who hosts a separate NPR podcast. But we go to the concert, and I'm just so geeked out, so ready for it. And so he comes on with the band, and of course, it's magical. Um, He has the full band, a 12-piece horn section. I counted it. And he's leading that band like no one's business while also singing all the things, playing the piano, going back and forth, playing the guitar and this and that. It's amazing. And so I'm taking these photos. I'm loving the concert. And eventually, I'm like, I want to get some video of this. So I start shooting a little video on my iPhone. I'm like, this is going to be great. And before I know it, this big, Suge Knight-looking bodyguard lifts me in the air, takes me all the way out from the front of the venue near the stage, outside, doesn't say a word. I'm too scared to say a word. I'm just like, (gasps) and as I'm being tossed out, I was like, what happened? What was the matter? What did I do? And he says, you can't take no videos of Prince. And I'm like, I didn't know. So anyways, that happens. But as I'm being dragged out, I tell my friend Shereen, I was like, you stay. You don't leave. One does not leave a Prince show. So once I get kicked out, I just go to my car 
I sit in my driver's seat and I take a nap and I say she'll get back when she gets back. She got back to my car probably around 1 or 2 a.m. Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. he played that long. Yeah. And still, even though I was literally ejected from this concert, that show was the best concert of my life. 